the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Well, for people who are tuning in that maybe didn't uh, watch or listen to those previous episodes, let's give them some background about you. Um, Tell them about the story, how you became a financial planner. Yeah. um, Went to school, studied biochemistry. That's where I'll start in undergrad. Went to Schreiner University up in Kerrville. Then from there, had a perfect GPA, so got accepted with a full stipend, full ride to UCLA for grad school, studying organic chemistry. And as I was working in the lab day in and day out, just staring into a fume hood, which would had negative airflow with, so you can mix chemicals, I was just like, one day, I hate this. This is not me. <laughs> um, so I quit with no financial plan, nothing set up, and started just you know tutoring kids in physics and chemistry to survive in Los Angeles, make rent, which was... 950 a month at that time. I uh, was able to, to make it through and then made it back home and started as an intern financial planning and surprisingly found that I loved that because it was very people focused and you could always grow and get better at it. Um, it's a family so. business, right? Yep. I work with my father. been doing it since 1987 and also my brother been doing it um, since I was in Los Angeles <laughs> doing some soul searching. And yeah. what do you like about financial planning? What I like about it is when you start making the right decisions about your money, it can just ra- it can just drastically improve your quality of life. So I like seeing people sort of wake up and realize that the decisions they're making with money now is going to affect their kids, their grandkids, their great-grandkids even. And the example that they're leading can affect future generations and just sort of like change the whole family line, put it in a positive direction. That's yeah, I mean. it's not just money. Yeah. It's the example, yeah. right? Yeah, like I like to say money's fake. <laughs> it's just kind of like it's based on, you know, the trust you have in it. But the decisions you make with it, um, you can really multiply money and grow it and inspire others, help people, or do bad things, you know, you say. Right. Love yeah. of money is a root of all evil. But yeah. Well, my dad always said that more money makes you more of what you already are. Yeah. If you're an alcoholic, you'll drink more. Yeah. If you're a charitable person, you'll give more. Yep. It amplifies. So, yep. Yeah, so we want to... I want to talk about some of the reasons that people would leave a legendary legacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let me get to my notes here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with the definition of legacy. How would, how would you define it? Very simply, I would say what you leave behind is your legacy. And that's when you, uh, when you pass away, when you die. 
Um, what do you leave up behind? Did you leave the world a better place? Did you leave a mess? <laughs> um, that's how I see it. Well, I found a definition. Legacy comes from the Latin verb legare, to appoint by a last will or send as an ambassador. Originally, the noun meant ambassador or envoy, but soon shifted to mean the money and property a person leaves behind in his will. In recent usage, political leaders are said to be concerned with their legacies, Mm -hmm. the historically significant achievements of their tenure in office. So I think if you combine those two things, you can have a purpose for what you're leaving to those you leave behind. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about this. It's uh, so important. Like, why are you leaving money behind? Mm Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the Sinners and Saints segment, we'll talk about um, people who have done great things with their legacy. Those will be the saints, and the the sinners will be those people that uh, made mistakes with their legacy or failed to do anything and uh, resulting in chaos. Yeah. So think about some of... People that you know, family, friends, uh, neighbors, clients, uh, can you remember any legacy stories uh, that inspired you? I think a lot of my grandpa, actually, and stuff that was said about your circle, who you hang around. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people have heard this, you know, you're the average of the five people you hang around. Um, but that's so true. I also think of my, my father. He used to say, like, what would your grandma think if she were to see what you're doing? You know, when you're in college, he, he would kind of like to get me to behave, you know, mm-hmm. not do, um, you know, kids like to party and stuff like that in college. And that's something I think about nowadays um, is sort of like I think about it differently. But like if I was if the kid version of me could see me like the eight year old, would he be like, hey, cool. Joseph's doing cool things. It's it's uh, exciting. And if the 80 year old version saw me, would he be like, hey, he's really taking care of the future? Um, that's kind of how I think about it. And now with kids on the way, it's like I want to do um, – my parents did a good job, but I want to do an even better job at leaving those examples for my kids. Yeah, leaving the, the values, the lessons. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a important thing for me too in, in my family. I remember some of the things that my, my dad's dad said. Um, he said – uh, there's there's two things that were important to him mm-hmm. in life. One was his his faith in God, mm-hmm. and two was his caring for his family. Mm-hmm. Everything else was just uh, not that important. Yeah. And for my my mom's mom, she always talked about how hard she worked. Yeah. She wanted us to work. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. be productive and earn money and. Uh, a lot of my paradigms come from them. Yeah, the hard work. And, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so how do we leave a legendary legacy? Well, it, first I want to compare it with uh, leaving a legacy that might not be so legendary or when uh, people tell me that they just want to leave what's left, whatever's left, to the kids or grandkids 
and it doesn't matter to them what the kids or beneficiaries do with their money. Um, I I call that um, a passive legacy. It's not active. It's just whatever's left. It just operates on its own, has no purpose. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that word purpose really sticks out to me. It's like, are you going to be intentional with your legacy or not? Just yeah. Just like with your life. Yeah. And I think when we're preparing to leave a legacy, we need to be intentional with our life now yes. while we're alive. Yeah. And uh, that's why I decided to sign up Le- Le- Lexi. <laughs> She's my legacy. Um, sign up Lexi for agility training. Oh. We're starting that tomorrow. Oh, nice. You know how you you watch on TV horses jumping over fences and and getting scores for that. Well, they do that with dogs too. Dogs jump over these things and go through tunnels and uh, walk on a balance beam and over a teeter totter. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that's what we're gonna start doing. That's awesome. Yeah. I think you can tell a lot about someone's personality by how they take care of their dog. Is it well behaved or not? Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Same with the kids, right? Okay, well, we got to take a break. Yeah. You plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your estate? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death and taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or marquardtlawfirm.com. 9.30 9.30 a.m. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Joseph Warren, a financial planner with Financial Planning HQ. Uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your business and how they can contact you? Yeah, uh, business is called Financial Planning HQ. We are pure financial planning. That means we just charge one clear, transparent fee for planning, advice, a strategy, and accountability. And we just, really what it is is about having that intentionality, that purpose before every financial decision you make. So you're going in the direction you want to go. That's, that would, that's how I would sum it up. Yeah. And how can they contact you? Call me at 210-748-6699, or you can email me at joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, at financialhq, as in headquarters, Net. Okay, so we're talking about legacy today, how to leave a legendary legacy. And before the break, I was talking about how to leave a passive legacy. When you say, I'll just leave whatever's left to whoever's there with no real purpose for it. Mm-hmm. Another type of legacy that I've learned about over the years that, that people talk about is how how we make people feel. Like I, I just told that story about my grandfather on my dad's side and my grandmother on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were stories about their character and their values and, and how I felt about them. Mm-hmm. And so those are more just memories that that I have of them. Yeah. And when I pass away, that memory of them is probably going to be gone. 
Yeah. Unless my kids listen to these radio recordings. <laughs> yeah. This is a part of legacy, right? Which That's you right. Yeah. yeah. I hope that someday they, they learn the value of me talking about the law on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will. Um, so, and you told a story about about how your grandmother was like uh, leading you to to do good, positive things in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could take that one step for, further and be more intentional about it. I had a, a guest um, a few weeks ago, or, or maybe it was a couple of months ago, and and he said that. One tradition that his family had was that they would they they had an agreement mm-hmm. that they would pray for one another. Wow! They they would have these family meetings mm-hmm. about an agreement to pray for one another, and I thought that was so powerful. Yeah, and so that that reminded me that uh, family traditions and values are part of our legacy. Uh, it, you may just be passing those down as an accident uh, without intention or purpose. But but some people do that on purpose, um, like Jacob mm-hmm. in the Bible. Okay. He, he was on his deathbed, and he blessed his kids and, and told them what he expected of them. Yeah. That's so huge. I love that. I like that. I think that foundation of faith is so important mm-hmm. because I was thinking about this recently because I have a kid on the way. Um, and I think the prayer is so important. I'm thinking about like it's important to sit down as a family, turn off the TV, pray before meals. Right. Because um, if you don't have that, if you don't have, you know, that that religion up there, then it's basically being raised by pop culture. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you look at society nowadays, I just don't think that's a good idea. Well, and it's dangerous because uh, the the ideas of pop culture are not even good for humanity. Yeah, it glamorizes like being an alcoholic, gambling, right. dangerous stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not good for survival. If if you think of uh, a fictional world where animals are are discussing about how to further their species. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they would do the things that we do. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't be watching The Simpsons while they eat. No. They talk to each other, right? Talk right. about big ideas. Right. How to survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jacob's blessings um, led, led a, a Jewish culture of writing things down. Mm-hmm. These are the lessons that... Uh, that I've learned over my life that I also want you to learn. And and sometimes we, we call those uh, written lessons, legacy letters uh, in the Jewish culture. Sometimes they're known as ethical wills. Mm-hmm. Instead of leaving a fistful of cash, you leave uh, a document that says what the ethics and values of the family are. Yeah. That's so cool. You see that sometimes like a family crest, mm-hmm. but I think that's something that you don't see as much anymore, and I, right. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, after I studied uh, the seven habits of highly successful people, I did a mission statement for the family, and wow. we had a meeting, me and my wife and the kids, and talked about our values. Yeah. Do we want this to be a relaxing place to hang out with one another? 
or do we want to yell and scream and and fight with each other? Yeah, like a Wall Street boiler room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So you might think about doing that once your child learns yeah. how to talk. <laughs> it's cool when you're starting a family because you think about these traditions, right? Right. Like, um, yeah, it's just what type, the faith, how we're going to raise our kids. Are we going to let them make mistakes? Are we going to try to prevent them from making mistakes? Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe like a warning. That's something we've been talking about recently is like you warn them once. Then if it's not super dangerous, let them try so that they learn to heed the warnings. Yeah. Um, I, I saw previews for a, a TV show about different styles of parenting. Yeah. This is all stuff that I didn't know about when I became a parent. Yeah. We we were sort of helicopter parents for a long time. I got to watch out for that because um, one of my parents was, and I worry. So mm-hmm. it, you don't want to – I think you don't want to pass on the legacy of worrying about everything right. as well. Right. So it's like your way of being is also a thing that your kids will look to. Yeah. Um my middle son, I, I worried about a lot because he always wanted to be outside mm-hmm. doing dangerous things. <laughs> like he wanted to climb trees, and, and that was just horrifying to me. Yeah. Like if you fall, we're going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everything turned out good with him so far. He, he, he did fall out of a tree one time when we were hunting. He wanted to be in the tree so that he could watch the hogs come by. Mm-hmm. And um, and then for some reason he wanted to come down from the tree. Well, the one of the branches that had helped him get up broke on his way down. And he did fall, uh, I don't know if it was 12, 15, or 20 feet, but yeah. um, it was it was very scary. He he was he turned out okay. He didn't get injured, um, but that's that's just one of those situations with having kids. Uh, sometimes they get hurt. Yep, and they push boundaries too. And it's like yeah, um, a lot of things to learn. I think you learn a lot. I'm sure through raising kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so we talked about attitude and uh, family traditions and values. Um, one thing I like to ask is, uh, what do you hope that your beneficiaries will achieve by receiving the, an inheritance from you? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Did, can you think of anybody that you've met that, that did have something that they wanted their beneficiaries to achieve? Starting a business. I see that with a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people want their kids to do what they did. <laughs> so a lot of yeah. If it's a government worker, you want them to be a government worker. But um, I've had some people who are just like, I want my kids to be happy and to pursue something that's meaningful to them with this money. Um, Yeah. Well, I would tell them to write that down. Yeah. Even if it's on a scrap of paper. Yeah. Because their children will read that over and over again. Yeah. I've been seeing that like even once a year, writing, you know, highlights for your kids and things Mm -hmm. you learned. Yeah. um, I think. Having that tradition is just so huge. I mean, the the whole Old Testament, right? It's like this written history. It's like right. have your family, be intentional with the things you're teaching your family. Um, that's the reason we, we, for our clients, we teach them, their kids, how to invest. We'll have mm-hmm. money masterminds on based on Rich Dad, Poor Dad and different books on like 
how the rich manage their money, how the middle class manage their money, how poor people manage their money. And yeah. Those are great lessons. Yeah. I saw on Facebook recently a, a board game advertised by Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The cash flow game. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have. I played it before. You can oh, play it for okay. free online. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, uh, in a similar um, fashion, I did find a, another game um, by the, the guy that wrote um, Think and Grow Rich, hmm. Napoleon Hill. There's a board game for that, too. I, I did not know that. I it, love that book. It's um, sort of complicated, the game. Yeah. Um, I, my, my family and my, my sister-in-law's family tried to play it one time. Uh, it takes a long time. <laughs> you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Sort of like a, I'm trying to think of an equivalent, but like Settlers of Catan or something where it takes a... Well, you know, <laughs> even Monopoly yeah. takes a long time to play. Yeah. You just reminded me of, um... When I graduated from elementary school, my parents got me a, a copy of the book, Think and Grow Rich. Really? And I still have it. And I remember when I graduated, I was, you know, I want to go play Pokemon. I didn't care about the book at all. Yeah. But it's one of those things that over time I kind of grew into it. And I, I, I like that they challenged me with that book when I was leaving At 12 school. years old. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I didn't find <laughs> that book until I was probably 25 or older. But uh, it's a good book. Some of the things that people have told me over the years that they hope their children or their beneficiaries will achieve is an education. Mm -hmm. They want their kids to be educated. Yeah. And so use this money to make sure that your kids and and my grandkids are educated, that they go to college or technical school or get your certification in this, that, or the other. Yeah. That's something you see a lot of, and there's many w- different ways to plan for that, including making it tax-free. Um, and, Talk about that. Yeah. So, like, a lot of times, 529 plans. Sometimes people will even use life insurance to do that, cash value life insurance, mm-hmm. um, basically to save money tax-free. As long as it's used for college in a 529 plan, you can use it for tuition, books, things like that. I think that there's a new law that says if you don't use – all the money in the 529 plan for education, it can be used for retirement. Interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, a lot of times I've seen people in the past before that law, they would just give it to other kids. And mm-hmm. You kind of pass it because you never know if the kid's going to go to like Harvard or right. they're just going to go to trade school. Right. And there's different arguments nowadays for like what's the ROI or return on investment that you get for college. Yeah. Depending on where you go. So, yeah. Well... For me, it's I'm less concerned about the return on investment. I just want to have better conversations <laughs> with my kids. I think that's so. Good I want them point. to learn something, anything. Yeah. Uh, even if they didn't go to college, if they would just go to the library and and read books. Yeah. But uh, college is a more organized way of presenting the information. Yeah. Learning uh, all those important skills and just how to think. I think that's the main thing. Right. That's what they did in law school. Uh, Everybody thinks that we go to law school to learn the law. But really, we go there to learn the Socratic method. Interesting, yeah. Which is um, how to understand something by question and answer. Yeah. It's a 
All right. Well, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about the saints and sinners of legacy. So stay tuned. back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts everywhere, Facebook Live, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. During our third segment, I like to talk about the sinners and saints. You might remember Martin Luther, the theologian who nailed his 95 thesis to the church door in 1517, said, the saints are sinners too but they are forgiven and absolved. And, and so in this third segment, we liked, we're going to talk about the saints and sinners of leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. What a bad, uh, a bad legacy would be one of chaos, <laughs> right? Yep. And so I, I recently heard in the news uh, about a person who left a legacy of chaos. Uh, you remember Aretha Franklin? Yes, very good singer, yeah. Well, they found a will uh, folded up in the couch cushions. Wow. It was handwritten, and um, it caused uh, two of her sons, I don't know how many sons she had, but the the article I read was just talking about these two sons that were uh, fighting over who should be executor because there was another will. Oh, wow. And so I guess each will had named a different person to be executor. Wow, that's crazy. So I would call her a sinner yep. <laughs> for for not having uh, a will prepared by an attorney that's legally enforceable and tries to reduce uh, family conflict. Definitely. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. I uh, always try and help our clients uh, tax efficiently, protect and preserve assets, reduce family conflict, and maximize whatever benefits we can get for them. Definitely. I wanted you to talk about what what are some ways of leaving a legacy. Uh, you mentioned life insurance before. Yeah. Um, I think a great part about life insurance, um, right now I think Index Universal Life, IUL, is trending. Um, but I think a good part about it is that you pass money tax-free. The death benefit, if uses a death benefit, is tax-free. We'll talk about some of the structural components of a universal life insurance policy. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of talk about relative to term and whole life. Yeah. So term is the cheapest. It's just pure death benefit meant to protect your family. So you can get like you know $2 million, $3 million for very cheap. So if you can't work, it just protects that income that you would lose mm-hmm. if you passed away. Index universal life and, you know, variable life is where you take that term and you make an annual renewable term. Because you're getting older, it becomes more expensive each year. Um, So sometimes you can run into trouble if you're not overfunding it, if you're like 70, 80, because then the cost of insurance is way up. But it takes the extra money that you put into it and it puts it into an index and it gets credited and grows over time based on the index, like S&P 500 or Dow Jones, things like that. 
So if the market is doing well, then the value of your policy is going up. Yep, and it doesn't lose money if the market goes down. So it's kind of like, but there's a little bit of a cap too they'll sometimes put on it. Um, so that's great if you overfund it because you could take that cash value tax-free, loan it to yourself, use it for money. Whole life is more expensive, but it's just straight up guaranteed if you pay it for the 10 years, 20 years, or for the life of the policy, you will have a death benefit with the cash value. And it usually has a guaranteed dividend as well. So, And so the, the cash value you can borrow against, right? Yep. People like to borrow against them. So you can see like if you get that for like a kid, grows over their lifetime when they're 18, when they're 22, they could take that money out. And that just reduces the death benefit Death benefit if you don't pay it back, right? Yep, yep. It's just like a loan, and then you can just pay it back or not pay it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you, you mentioned tax-free. What? How is that? Basically, if you loan the money to yourself, there's no taxation on it. Because it's not income. It's a loan, yeah. Right. Just like a lot of wealthy people, they'll do like collateral. They'll use their stock portfolio. Say you have like a $5 million stock portfolio. They'll use it as collateral, get a loan, and that's tax-free as well. And then they'll live off that. They'll but you have to pay 2%. interest. That's the only thing is the interest, yeah. But it's lower because it's collateralized. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what what are the features of a, a whole life policy? Features of a whole life are you get dividends, and it's truly permanent. So sometimes I see issues with IULs. I've seen this a lot when I used to work at... Uh, companies in the past like MetLife, um, Mass Mutual, and as you get to be 80 years old, that annual renewable term portion of it, because it's kind of like a hybrid of permanent and term, starts becoming more expensive. The cost of insurance isn't $40 a month anymore. Now it's a higher number. Mm-hmm. So when you keep paying $40 a month and you don't update it over time, you don't maintain it with your insurance broker, your financial planner, there's a chance that it could start running out of money. Um, so I say if you're going to use IUL, again, that's the you need to know the purpose of why you're doing it, mm-hmm. like you were talking about. And make sure that you're acting in accordance with that purpose. If you want to overfund it for tax-free money, overfund it. Make sure it lasts till age 100, 120. Mm-hmm. Or get whole life if you, do, you want to be very safe with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, with your financial planning business, um, do you sell these policies or how does that work? Um, so we, we only charge, like I said, for the uh, – what's it called? The financial plan, the financial strategy – so we don't like to sell financial products because we, we personally believe that's well, – I, I believe that's a conflict of interest even though I know someone has to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll work with independent insurance brokers and to come up with the best solution based on their financial strategy. And are, are some insurance companies better than others? I believe so. Um, I would search with one that's a big company. So I like the big companies. Uh, you can look at their ratings as well. They, mm-hmm. they have ratings. And I like mutual companies. So it's for the benefit of the policyholders, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, like, um, they'll pay higher dividends. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Their whole lives. Yeah. I thought of another uh, type of legacy, um, which I, I call social capital mm-hmm. legacy. People that that want to give back not only to their family but to the community somehow, or to their alma mater. The, the college or university that they went to. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of this story that, that I heard just through the grapevine about how uh, an old farming couple uh, wanted to donate money to Harvard. 
Yeah. Have you heard this story? I've never heard it. Oh, okay. So they show up at the annual giving office at Harvard in their overalls because mm-hmm. they're farmers. And uh, the the executive there doesn't want to meet with them because okay. they look like they're poor. And so they, they leave that office and they say, uh, well, if if this university won't accept our money, then we'll start our own university. And that became Stanford. Wow. That's the story. Um, I recently learned that it's false. Oh, that's a cool story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's this this website um, for Times Union that sort of debunk, debunked that myth. Uh, but it was a cool story anyway. Yeah. Goes to show you that the, the millionaire next door, you know, might not dress – in nice clothes. Yeah, you never know. Looks can be deceiving, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Some people like to create or leave scholarships. Yeah. You know, for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it so it reminded me of uh, government money that you can get for uh, college or university. Mm-hmm. And I had always heard about the, you know, when you when you go to college uh you have to fill out this form called the FAFSA mm-hmm. it's a it's for federal grants and things and one of the grants that you can get is called the Pell grant mm-hmm. and so i looked up who where did this come from well it came from senator claiborne pell mm-hmm. from rhode island who served from 1961 to 1996 he helped create the Basic Education Opportunity Grant Program, later renamed the Pell Grant Program. And uh, my middle son is is going to college now, and so I, I had to help him fill out that form. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I don't think he has that grant, but uh, he's working to pay for his own school because when he was... 10, I think, I told him he was going to have to pay for his own school wow. because I'm still paying for my school, <laughs> yeah. the, repaying the loans for going to law school. And I said, I, I can't save for you. And so you should be good at something. Yeah. And you, you can be a good student or you can be a good baseball player mm-hmm. or you can be a good musician. Mm-hmm. Just find something. Over the next <laughs> eight years, um, to be good at, and and he was good at baseball. That's awesome. Yeah, and he did have a scholarship uh, to play baseball, um, but that coach broke his promise mm. and uh, broke my son's heart, and uh, he decided just to go to school. Yeah. So that's a story for another day. Um, we got to take a break. When we c- come back, we'll talk more about legacy. We'll talk about your legacy and uh, some favorite things that you like to do. So stay tuned.
You plan your summer vacation because you want to make sure everything goes right, right? But have you planned for your estate? Why would you spend time and money planning your vacation but neglect your final affairs? None of us are guaranteed tomorrow, but you can make sure everything goes right by planning for your death and taxes. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm can help. They can focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call 210-530-4278, 210-530-4278, or MarquardtLawFirm.com. 930 a.m. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 930 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts everywhere. Also, Facebook Live, YouTube, and TalkLawRadio.com. I'm here with Joseph Warren, a financial advisor with Financial Planning HQ. We're talking about how to leave a legendary legacy. And since this is our fourth segment... We like to talk about our own legacy. Okay. Well, I, I forgot in the Sinners and Saints segment to bring up the, a saint. Oh, yeah. Well, ev- everybody thinks uh, Mother Teresa. You know, she, she was giving. Uh, she's famous for helping poor people find medication. And and so many people attribute sainthood to her. But who's more of a saint than Mother Teresa hmm. that left a legendary legacy? First person comes to mind is Jesus. Yes. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say is who could leave a better legacy than giving people eternal life? He died, and our inheritance isn't eternal life. Wow. Yeah. Man. That's the best legacy. I mean, he and he had purpose mm-hmm. and he had intention on fulfilling that uh for all of us. Yeah. That's yeah. You think about that. I I remember someone saying, I forgot it was someone famous. I forgot who it was, but he's saying like Jesus is definitely the most famous person in the world. I mean, yeah. If you that's, think about it. That's true. That's a, another part of his legacy as he's very well known. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. Um I wanted to mention our our seminar that's coming up, and the the reason I wanted to talk about legacy at this upcoming seminar and uh, and today in our show is uh, I want to teach people how to be more intentional about developing the legacy that they want to leave now. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm I'm trying to do things for myself and my family now. Uh, increasing my skills, learning new things, uh, becoming a better leader mm-hmm. at work and at home, uh, so that I have something to leave. Yeah, you know, I have. I want to be more financially successful so that I can leave uh, something to uh, encourage uh, my family to to not only help the family but to help the community and the world. Wow. Yeah. And so I was at, uh, talking to my dad about this. Uh, I I was asking him, what do people, what do his friends say about legacy? And, and his experience is pretty similar to mine, that most people don't think about it or even talk about it. Mm-hmm. But what he told me was, maybe you've never thought of your life having a lasting purpose on your family or even the broader community. But you do have that power, yeah. that opportunity to be something more 
and to make a difference for an individual, a philosophy, or even a larger set. So that's that's my father's quote for the day. I love it. <laughs> I want to ask you about your legacy, about uh, your passion for helping the homeless. Tell us about that. Yeah. I recently made a video about it on my YouTube channel uh, under my name, Joseph D. Warren, um, if you want to see that. But during the pandemic, the business was slowing down a lot, and I was scared. I was calling one of my friends and basically looking for backup plans, like maybe we can work nights here, do this. Um, and she said, let's go help homeless people. And at first I was kind of angry that she said that because I was like, I can barely take care of myself. I have a business. You know, people rely on me. Um, but I actually tried it, and it, I found that it helped me to feel better. I'm saying maybe it, maybe it starts a little bit selfish, but it helped me to get outside myself mm-hmm. and realize there's more to life than just me. And it made me see my own problems with a lot more perspective. So, you know, I have a lot more options than somebody on the street. You started learning people's um, situations and just learning to connect with people on a human level who are going through hard times. Maybe made some bad decisions, maybe just had hard times fall upon them. Yeah. Um, but it's something that I really believe changed my life, made me a more humble person made me to allowed me to um, just always have a way of getting out getting an outside perspective on mm-hmm. things that I'm worried about yeah yeah well every year I interview somebody from the uh, the Thanksgiving dinner uh, Raul Jimenez Thanksgiving dinner and and that's how they got started wow. was uh, the the father the patriarch of the family was a chef and he said, I want to feed people Yeah. Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. It's so, um, I don't know. It's just like the level of joy you see sometimes when you help someone out who's in a really bad situation. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, you don't often see it in people who are in much better situations, you know, middle class, people who have a lot of money. Um, you just see people's face light up, and it's like, yeah, like this is probably what we're meant to do is really help the people who need it. Yeah. Yeah. Serve God's people. Mm-hmm. One of my passions is trying to help people discover Jesus mm-hmm. the and to have hope instead of despair. Yeah. And so I'm, my, I hope that when I talk about Jesus on the radio and the law and gospel that, that people are remembering their faith and learning to live their faith and, and not be afraid of it. Um Nowadays, it's it. I think it's harder than in previous generations to to talk about faith. Uh, some people seem to be hostile about it. I think that's interesting as a culture that we don't talk about religion, politics, and sometimes even money. Because if you think about what that does, if you don't talk about those things, it just makes you like very easy to control your, your future. You're not talking about your future. You're not talking about the the future of your soul. You're not talking about the things that actually matter. You're talking about superficial, like I said, pop culture. Right. Um, so I think that's a very interesting thing, and that's a tradition I do not want my family to have. We'll talk religion. We'll talk uh, faith. We'll yeah. talk money. And I believe that's that's the way, in my opinion. Yeah, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. a very good perspective. Um, I didn't think about it in that way, um, but I will now. Um, I hope that my kids remember me as a religious person that that helped them to develop their faith. 
and I'm hoping that my listeners <laughs> will do the, the same um, because it is important. And uh, we do need to talk about the, the issues in government. Uh, I hope that we can have those conversations in a civil manner instead of uh, using name-calling and, and uh, other rude and, and bad tactics. Yeah, and that's another way they get people not talking. It's like the name-calling, the ad hominem, and then um, it's just like by talking to people who disagree with you. I think that's important. You start to sharpen your own beliefs, and I like right. to see that instead of like, oh, I heard Ben Shapiro say that, or I heard, um, I don't know, the liberal equivalent of mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro, but um, I don't know who that would the be. The guy on HBO. Uh, Bill Maher say that. Like, <laughs> I like when I hear people have original thoughts, even if they may not be right or right. right. They're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought of some other le- legacies um, through the through the social capital model. Uh, people that that have really gone out of their way to change things, um, whether you like it or not. Uh, President Barack Obama hmm. has a legacy through his uh, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to remember him. Yeah. For pushing that through, don't you think? It has a name on it. People are still saying Obamacare. He's right. not in office anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, some other things that I, that I remembered and I looked up was um, I think maybe Steve Jobs will be remembered for bringing a, a computer to every household. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge legacy. Mm-hmm. I think he also kind of like he started the trend of like the jerk boss. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> kind of like I'm I'm a jerk, but I get things done type of mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill Gates. Yeah. With uh, software, Microsoft software. Yeah. And then um, I I was wondering whether Elon Musk uh, was given a large inheritance, and so what I found was this quote. He said, I grew up in a lower transitioning to an upper middle income situation, but did not have a happy childhood. Haven't inherited anything ever from anyone, nor has anyone given me a large financial gift. Musk said his father never supported him financially after high school in any meaningful way. But my father created a small electrical mechanical engineering company that was successful for 20 to 30 years but fell on hard times after that. He has been essentially bankrupt for about 25 years, requiring financial support from my brother and me. However, he said, my father deserves credit for teaching me the fundamentals of physics, engineering, and construction, which is more valuable than money. Because yeah. that enabled him to become what he has become so far. It's that blueprint that you teach kids, like teaching your kids the mentality of being able to start a business or make money. I like that. Okay. Um, another purpose might be to advance medicine or health care. Uh, I learned Dr. Edward Jenner created the world's first successful vaccine. Hmm. He found out that people infected with cowpox were immune to smallpox. Mark, did we have a call? Okay. 
some people want to alleviate, alleviate poverty like you. Yeah. Uh, the, the quote from uh, Mother Teresa uh, that's famous, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. I love that. Man. That's probably going to stick with me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we talked about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, um, are you familiar with some of the, the charitable planning that people can do that w- could also simultaneously benefit their family? Yeah. Um, one thing I've been seeing a lot of lately um, is giving while you live kind of thing mm-hmm. of taking your required minimum distributions. So if you put money in an IRA, say like a million dollars, at age 73 now, you're required to start taking money out. It's 100% taxable. And a lot of people, especially when they have a lot of money, they don't really need the money. Right. So you can take half of it, all of it even, if it's up to 100000 a year, give it straight to a charity, and it won't get taxed. So it, You don't pay tax on that. Yeah. That's the qualified... Charitable distribution. Charitable distribution, QCD. Yep. I've been seeing a lot of that. Well, thank you for joining me today. Had a lot of fun talking about leaving a legendary legacy. Me too. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) And if you're interested in our seminar, which I I didn't tell you the details of, uh, email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at talklawradio.com. I'll talk to you later. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.